0: From trends and specialty diets to indecipherable food labels, from expensive equipment in food reality shows on TV, to ingredients in processed foods that have nothing to do with nourishment. It is remarkable how complicated food has become. Today we are reversing the clock. A new book is bringing us back to the future. Home cooking for everyone, simple, fun and totally delicious. That's our topic in this hour here on An Organic Conversation, your show on everything that makes life worth living. I'm Helge Helberg. There's an element of the local organic food movement that speaks of simplicity. And more than ever, it's what's needed the most. In this world of speed and transactional versus relational interactions, slowing down, making things simpler, and going for quality over quantity is the antidote and can dramatically improve one's life. A new cookbook is reminding us of that, and it is written by one of the absolute leaders of the organic movement, Maria Rodale. She's my guest in this hour, as we return to realness. Home cooking for everyone. Simple, fun, and totally delicious. All that and more is coming up in just a minute, here on An Organic Conversation. I'm Helge Helberg, and a thank you to our underwriters. This show is brought to you by Equal Exchange a worker-owned cooperative that ensures your food is environmentally sound and socially just. Equal Exchange has been creating big change for small farmers for over 30 years by offering certified organic and fair trade coffee, tea, chocolate, bananas, and avocados. More on Equal Exchange at EqualExchange.coop. That's EqualExchange.coop. And by Adeli offering beautiful and fun clothing for boys and girls that is made entirely from the unused fabric of prominent apparel manufacturers. Each garment reduces our eco-footprint by preventing this fabric from reaching the waste stream. Adderly, making sustainability fashionable and fashion sustainable. For more information, Adderly.co. That's U-T-T-E-R-L-Y dot C-O. And thank you also to Earl's Organic Produce, a national distributor of organic fruits and vegetables that has been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. From grocery store to company cafeteria to caterers and personal chefs, anyone can buy from Earl's Organic. Certified organic produce at earlsorganic.com. And we're back here to an organic conversation. A new cookbook is in town, and it is written by one of the absolute leaders of the organic food movement, Maria Rodale. Home cooking for everyone. Simple, fun, and totally delicious. That's our focus in this hour. And I'm speaking now with Maria Rodale, the author of that amazing new book, Scratch, Home Cooking for everyone made simple fun and totally delicious she's joining us today from pennsylvania maria do we have you on the line
1: Yes. Hello. It's good to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, Thank
0: you. I'm sure these are busy times for you as the organic movement is growing and your leadership is so essential in it. You still had time to remind us of kind of not even the simple pleasure that would kind of underserve the importance in this fast-moving food world of of diets and labels and all that. And, and you kind of created this pause for me with that book, Scratch, that we want Aww. to talk about today to just just wow we we don't need half of all this if we just remember how food was grown how it's being prepared what it should taste like and how we should eat it really simple i do want to start off though with your role you have been an organic and healthy lifestyle pioneer for decades your grandfather founded the Rodale Institute of course a great research center incredibly important for the organic movement how much has all this influenced you? Did organic always make sense to you? Or did you have a time where you felt like, you know, this organic thing doesn't work for me. I'm going to study whatever fashion <laughs> and then come back. How how has your involvement in, in organic happened?
1: Um, well, I spent the first seven years of my life not being aware that there was any other way to live other than mm. organic or eat other than organically. And it was so delicious and so... Um, simple that I think I took it for granted. And then as any child grows up and looks around and meets other people, you know, you question, oh, you know, why are other people doing things differently? And um, I definitely had my period of rebellion where I went off and, and uh, tried lots of other things. And and I think that, you know, that's positive and everybody should question and challenge their assumptions. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, I found some, you know, great things that I've Kept in my life, and um, I've uh, also returned back to the simple and familiar things from my childhood because I realized that's the most nourishing and loving way to eat and feel good, uh, nourish myself and my family. So, um, but I'm not a, in any way, I don't judge people because I've been judged, and I know that doesn't feel good. And um, I'm all about moderation and, and making your own choices about what to eat and what's right for you and not trying to enforce that on other people.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's incredibly important. Of course, judgment isolates us further or separates us further. Uh, At the same time, you know, I, I, I don't, No, if comparing you to the Martha Stewart of Organic Living, but for sure the Rachel Carson of Organic Living, really, you are one of the absolute leaders of this movement, and you've celebrated the organic lifestyle without alienating anyone, but really… Um, showing it and making it possible and accessible through various magazines and really your your entire life, your entire career is dedicated, not just career, but life is dedicated to moving that topic forward.
1: Thank you so much for those, both of those comparisons, but especially Rachel Carson. It's uh, quite an honor to be in her... Um, in the same sentence with her. And
0: I'm not the only one thinking that. I mean, you know, we that's how the movement, I believe, thinks at about you. And um, knowing this, is it agriculture, lifestyle, and then there's food. Is food really always where your greatest passion lied and still lies? Or well, how do you connect the two
1: or the three? Well, first of all, they, they're all connected. And I think what is, you know, I, I, um, I never became a scientist like Rachel Carson um, because I was afraid of math, but I definitely love looking at systems and nature and and trying to and people and humanity and and understand, you know, what causes things to happen the way they happen mm-hmm. and why do we do the things we do and what's important in terms of moving forward and making the world a better place and and it's a lot easier to see what needs to happen when you can take a step back and look at the whole system and and a bigger picture. So it is all connected. Um, You know, you can't grow food one way. You have to grow food many ways and and you can't just eat one way. You have to eat in many ways and respect people's cultures and and the work that um, everyone is doing. Even the people who think they're improving the world through chemical farming, which of course, you know, I don't agree they are, but, I have also seen that the most powerful change, and this is from being a magazine and book publisher, Mm -hmm. is not necessarily through making the government set up rules, but changing people's hearts and minds, and they drive the market, and then the market changes. And then when the market changes, eventually the farmers change. So we're in a moment where more and more people want organic food and eat organic food and are um, demanding organic food. But we need more organic farmers to feed that um, feed that hunger, and when we have more organic farmers, the environment will improve, the economy will improve, all sorts of good things will happen, so you can't just pick on one thing and expect it to solve the bigger problems
0: and- very true, and I, I am eagerly wanting to get into the book, but I do at this point need to ask you, of course, where facing about the loss of a million farmers over the next 10 years that will reach retirement age uh, family farmers which is 50 percent of our agricultural basis in this country of about two million family farmers left what is the antidote more demand like how how do you what what forces can somehow at least cover the loss of family farms and with that the land the loss of land and keep it in agricultural production and stimulate a new generation being excited about, which is yeah. happening, it's just not maybe happening fast enough. What's your take on all this?
1: I have been you know, to visit a lot of farmers and um, talk to farmers, and, and I think it's actually okay that the average age of the American farmer is towards retirement age because those people who are farming, you know, conventionally and chemically, you know, they don't have a vested interest in changing. Mm-hmm. They, um, you know, they don't want to admit that they might have done things the wrong way. And, and honestly, they did things to the, the best of their ability. Of so course. Um, so there's, there is a transition that's going to happen. And um, the great news is there are many, many young farmers, young people who are excited about being farmers. Um, what they don't have necessarily is access to land or um, capital to invest in, in becoming an organic farmer. And so one of the things I've been talking about is um, starting – not me personally, but you know, I, we need to see more um, banks that support the transition to organic farming – and we need more um, organic farming training programs which we are doing at the rodell institute both Mm -hmm. with young people and with um, veterans which is both healing to the earth and healing to their um, post-traumatic stress yeah yeah Um, so i'm optimistic but the you know the big missing piece right now is access to capital Um, but i also know that there's a lot of venture capitalists who are interested in buying conventionally farmed land and transitioning to organic. So so I think great. we're poised on a, a, a big new wave of progress, um, and I hope we can all make it happen.
0: Great. May it be so. I'm speaking with Maria Rodale, the author of Scratch, Home Cooking for Everyone, Made Simple, Fun, and Totally Delicious, a great new cookbook that kind of brings us back to basics in the most delicious sense possible. In this hour of an organic conversation, home cooking for everyone. Maria, we're going to take a quick break and then we finally get into the book. But since I had you on the line, I had to ask you, because of all your knowledge and influence and experience in the organic food movement, to hear about your concerns or solutions or thoughts on what is the most pressing. That is Maria Rodale. She is joining us today from Pennsylvania Uh, Stay with us, Maria. We'll be right back with more, and then we'll talk about some yummy food and recipes. Does that sound (laughs) good? Thank you. Okay, stay tuned. This show is brought to you by Bowman College, a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Become a nutrition consultant or a natural chef at one of their campuses or learn from home in a self-paced mentored distance learning program. For more information on a degree in holistic nutrition or culinary arts, bowmancollege.org. And Frey Vineyards, America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Frey never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Award-winning wines at frywine.com. That's freywine.com. That's f R-E-Y, W-I-N-E.com. And we are back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Hellberg. Home cooking for everyone. Simple, fun, and totally delicious. That's our topic in this hour. And we are joined by Maria Rodale, the author of Scratch, a book entirely about home cooking and meals that are simple, fun, and totally delicious. She's the CEO and chairman, of course, of Rodale Inc., that's Rodaleinc.com and also the founder of Maria's Farm Country Kitchen. That's Rodale's organiclife.com forward slash by Maria. Maria, what inspired you to create Scratch? I said in my intro we are looking at food labels that nobody can decipher anymore there are thousands of ingredients allowed in highly processed foods and you kind of made us pause with this book and say look this is all way easier if you just if you just consider a few basics of where when how what you're using and how to use it and it's really a delicious and critical reminder. I hope I didn't answer the question now for you, but <laughs> why, why Scratch?
1: Well, you know, I'm in the media publishing business, and when blogging started uh, many years ago, I, I thought, you know, I, I learn better by doing, so I'm going to start a blog, and um, I'll just share some recipes. And, and um, what I saw was that there was a real hunger, no, you know, no pun intended, for super simple recipes and any time I, I said from scratch it, it really popped and it pops every year at Thanksgiving, you know, mashed potatoes from scratch, you know, homemade stuffing from scratch. Mm-hmm. And um and in all my travels to farms or conferences, you know, I see people and we start talking about food and food is just such a personal and emotional thing. And you know, I, I had um an experience going to a, a conventional farm conference in Iowa And, you know, what do you talk about when you're sitting down with people at a lunch table? You know, you start talking about food and pie. And, you know, pie is a perfect example of, you know, a lot of people love pie. But it doesn't really matter if you make it organically or not organically. (laughs) I mean, it does matter. It matters deeply. But we can unite over a love of pie. And then maybe I can help people learn that, oh, if you try this organic flower that hasn't been, you know, mm-hmm. desiccated with Roundup before it's harvested. And, you know, you... Or oh, these pasture-based, you know, <laughs> eggs. Right. Oh, um, um, and, you know, fruit that's in season. Right. You, you might enjoy it. And I think it's... Pers- I, I believe in starting where people are.
0: So it's um, an invitation that you wrote, really?
1: It's a gentle, loving invitation to start where you are and learn how to cook if you don't know how, and if you do know how, learn how to cook organically, which isn't that different. It's just about making choices. And also in my travels, I learned there's a lot of people who are terrified of cooking. You know, they don't know the difference between, you know, we assume people are much more sophisticated than they are Mm -hmm. because the average person may not know about where food comes from or what's the difference between one kind of food and another. So I really wanted to just guide and help people to learn about how to cook from scratch in a more kind and gentle way for themselves and their family.
0: That's so great. And I, I, it reminds me of a story that uh, a friend just told me a week ago where there is a, uh, that person knows a woman who raised their kids not using f- fast foods or processed foods. And so their bag of chips is a bag of spinach. <laughs> and they, that's what they grew up with. So she uh-huh. uses, you know, straight out of the bag, three times washed spinach with some nutritional yeast. And and sh- she started eating that in front of her kids as the bag of chips uh, substitute. Uh-huh. And now that the kids are four or five years old, they are getting upset and say, Mom, you don't share the spinach. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Give us that when they're on road trips and whatnot. So. It's amazing how, how what you are saying is the environment we create, yes. uh, in conversation or through your great book, that can become reality, right? Even yeah, and in I this advertising really
1: formulated when you are young. so it's really <laughs> yeah. important to expose your children to lots of different foods and uh-huh. and let them try things and and eat, and even you know not ban things because you know i, I did of course,
0: that's what we want the most then.
1: Right, right. I did grow up in a house where, you know, there was a lot of conflicted emotions around sugar, and I don't think that really helped anyone.
0: How is Scratch, your new book, Home Cooking for Everyone, made simple, fun, and totally delicious? That's scratchcookbook.com. That's the website for the book itself, scratchcookbook.com. How's the book structured? What will people find?
1: Well, they'll find... um, structured like a day you know so there's breakfast um there's salads pasta soups and sandwiches snacks uh main main courses um side dishes and of course dessert which um you know was the toughest chapter for me to to figure out because i am not a natural baker i'm I'm more of a, a savory cook but there's lots of great recipes in, there's over 200 recipes and something for everyone.
0: And you call it, I mean, back to basics, um, without highly processed ingredients, you really call it comfort foods, which for many people it suggests something he- hel- uh, heavy, but it doesn't necessarily need to mean that, right? What does comfort food me- mean to you?
1: Comfort foods are foods that do satisfy your your stomach and your soul and your brain. And mm, I mean, great. I did come to the belief that um, fat is actually good for you. (laughs) We need fat. Um, So there are things in here that are way higher in calories and fat than seem to be, um, would be traditionally defined as healthy. But I think that in in the, the mix of a whole diet, it's important to have days where, you know, if you want macaroni and cheese, crispy, gooey, cheesy (laughs) macaroni and cheese, have it. And then, you know, and the next day have, you know, have a salad and and any, you know, if you're going to eat an egg, eat the whole egg, you know, because nature made the egg whole for a reason. We don't know necessarily what all those reasons are, but I trust nature more than I trust some scientific researcher somewhere. Because while I am a huge fan of science, one thing history has taught us is that we will always... Get it half right and
0: half wrong. Well, and even scientists now, at least uh, mm-hmm. for sure, say that science is only the current state of knowledge. Right? We, right? What we what we didn't know forty years ago, we knew then. Thirty years ago, and what mm-hmm. we didn't know then, we know now. So, mm-hmm. vitamin C was you know f- uh, discovered a hundred years ago, and now we know of th- hundreds, if not thousands, of bioflavonoids that aid in the in the uptake of vitamin C, which were completely unknown. So right. science is only a snapshot in time of where current wisdom stands. And yeah. uh, you're right. You're saying nature has been around for billions of years.
1: And, you know, vitamin C is a perfect example where um, you can, you know, your first choice should be to eat an orange or a grapefruit and then...
0: Not the powder.
1: If, <laughs> well, if you don't have access to that, then, you know, right. take a vitamin um, or, or a powder. But but trust nature first.
0: Yeah. And even then, if you if you need to take that powder, take it with a meal so that there's maybe, you know, the closest to what an orange would bring to the table, right. literally and, uh, available.
1: Be, right. Because in that real orange, there's so much more that we don't even understand or know about. Right. That is part of, you know, healthy, nutritional, and nourishing um, satisfaction.
0: So, Scratch, let's go through... Some super easy and delicious recipes. Uh, maybe if you have an example of one or two of your favorites for breakfast, for lunch, and and for dinner, and and or dessert, uh, just so people get an idea of what they will find when they buy the yeah. book.
1: Well, um, I'm a I'm a big egg lover and eater, and you know one of the things I I do again. I don't assume that anybody knows anything. You know, I've had a lot of kids. Teenagers, you know, who are just starting out, sure. say, "Well, I don't even know how to cook an egg." Or in
0: college, egg? right, when they first time <laughs> right. have to cook for themselves instead of the, the TV dinner, he has a right. chance to just save money, even. Yeah, yeah, great.
1: And then on, you know, on the other hand, you have the, the foodies and the chefs who are like, "Oh my God, if you don't cook it this way, then you're, you know, a failure as a human being." And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and <all> okay, <laughs> so, um, so you know, I have um, I. You know, a simple recipe I have is uh, silky buttered eggs, which is basically scrambled eggs with butter. But it's kind of a way that it took me like 20 years to unlearn all the other things I had learned. And it's just, you know, put some, you know, pasture-raised organic butter in a cast iron skillet and turn the heat on slow and scramble up some eggs, the whites and the yellows, and cook it slow. And in three minutes, you'll have – and put some salt on it. In three minutes, you'll have, like, the most delicious thing that you can have. There's Love a lot that. more yeah. complicated recipes than that, but uh, that's a good example. I spent years making pesto, de- decades making pesto, but then always wondering, why does sometimes it turn brown?
0: Oh, yeah, good when one.
1: You? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> like, what You know, some people have different hobbies, but, you know, what I did was, a, did a whole bunch of tests in my kitchen, and I tried, you know, three or four different approaches, and you know, I made my kids taste, you know, every one of them, and um, the answer to keeping pesto really green just shocked me. It just was counterintuitive to everything I knew, but um, it really works, and that is blanching the basil before you put it in in the, mm. um, the blender. Really? Yeah, what, and it's,
0: Do you know why? What's happening with the <laughs> oxidative
1: it's probably it's probably just sealing in, you know, I, I, again I'm not a okay, scientist fine. so I don't know the chemistry. <laughs> but it works. <laughs> it works. <laughs> and it actually makes it really easier much easier to make the pesto. So there's a you know, a pesto oh, recipe so that um is delicious. And then well, there's tons of things. I mean Italian, Australian, uh Pennsylvania Dutch, um all kinds of things. But um the other recipe I like to talk about, which is, again, super simple, is just roasting a chicken because I think a lot of people feel super intimidated by it and they think, oh, I have to brine it, I have to truss it, I have to baste it or do all these things. And you know, after years of experimenting, I realized the most delicious chicken is one that you stick in the oven and let it cook, <laughs> and that's it. And what do you? You you
0: no salt, no anything? Do you add? I put
1: salt on afterwards. I mean, you can put it on beforehand, but I actually think it tastes better when you put the salt on afterwards.
0: So you just buy a whole chicken, of course, already gutted and all that, from Whole Foods, a natural food retailer.
1: I I buy an organic chicken from you know my supermarket, and I put it in a metal roasting pan because you want to make a pan gravy afterwards. Uh With fat or with water, or just? Uh, the gravy?
0: No, the the chicken. How do you put it in? Do you just put it in dry d- or do you add some water? Put it in water? dry. Really?
1: Put it in dry. Um I put it in at like 375, cook it for you know depending on the size, like an hour and a half. You know, your typical chicken will take an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And then when it's done, you take it out. You, dri- you you pour all the juices from inside the chicken into the pan. Put the chicken on a separate plate and then Put some, like about a you know, a cup and a half of water in with some flour and stir it up, and gather up all the brown crispy bits and fat and juices, and that's your pan gravy. Wow, <laughs> which goes really well on mashed potatoes or rice.
0: And you're right. I mean, we we are so used to buying. Uh, there's almost nothing more expensive than the the processed food bar uh, at, mm-hmm. at grocery stores, right? Um, yeah. where you can get pre-cooked items. Uh, if you look and, at the pound you, price it's it's obscene. It's convenient. I get that. and yet you're it, saying if you can just pop in the chicken at night and in the next morning for the next four days, you have home cooked half the yeah. price or less fresh and you know what's in it. that's is that the message?
1: Then you can take that um, the leftover bones and make um, stock or bone broth. So the thing you know I we only just got a Whole Foods in my in my mm-hmm. um, region, and I was really excited. And I took my daughter and we said, we're, "You know, we're going to get dinner at Whole Foods." And what I noticed is that even though it's fresh and maybe organic, but probably not, it's been sitting out all day. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: of course. And <laughs> it and, doesn't
1: taste fresh.
0: And most processed foods in the in, even in, in prepared uh, you know trays and all that they often don't use organic ingredients. So really, right. the only way to know what you're getting is by, exactly. by you doing it yourself.
1: Yeah, and it it's so, like, in the hour and a half that that chicken is roasting, you can either cook other stuff or you can, like, sit down and, and read a, a magazine.
0: Nice. We're speaking <laughs> with Maria Rodell, the author of Scratch, a great new book. It's home cooking for everyone, made simple, fun, and totally delicious. That's Scratch Cookbook. Dot com And of course, it is the Maria Rodale, CNO and Chairman of Rodale, Inc. And also her blog, founder, Maria's Farm Country Kitchen. That's rodalesorganiclife.com forward slash by Maria. Check it out. It's beautiful. Uh, rodalesorganiclife.com forward slash by Maria. Maria, we want to talk about the holidays that are upon us Thanksgiving, of course, and and Christmas soon after. Do you have some some tips? How do you move through those days? I mean, you touched on that just now. If you pop in a chicken in a in a in a pan for an hour and a half, in that time you can work on other things, or you can actually not work, and the mm-hmm. food will be done. There's no real cooking required. What are your best tips to make it through the the holidays coming up?
1: Well, first of all, um, there's tons of holiday recipes, you know, all your basic holiday favorites, um, are probably in this book because, you know, I've got a lot, you know, most of my, all my cooking is for my family basically. Mm-hmm. So, and, sure. um, I've hosted tons of holidays and it's, while there's not a specific chapter on how to time everything, you know, what I always like to do is, you know, a week ahead, make a list of what you want to serve and like i said there's tons of great recipes in my in my book for stuffing mashed potatoes pumpkin pie um, lots of fish recipes if you're italian and you need to do the seven fishes <laughs> christmas eve dinner roasted you know you roast a turkey basically the same way you roast a chicken so it's it's exactly the same thing i've but never i've list. never heard of that
0: actually can you just segue into that real quick even though i'm german uh, what's the seven fish for christmas italian tradition
1: well, I was married to an Italian, and so Christmas Eve, there was the, there is the tradition of you try to eat seven fishes, and I don't even know why, but it was like, it's the night of fish, and then typically you go to midnight mass, and then you can start eating meat for the next day. So it, it's, it's more of a food tradition, I think, uh-huh. among Italians or Italian-Americans than it is a firm religious tradition. Yes, uh-huh. great. So there's lots of, you know, kind of festive seafood recipes. Nice. Um, yes. And uh, so, but, you know, make a list of what you want to make, mm-hmm. and then some things you can make in advance. You Shopping is a big part of preparation, making sure you have all the right ingredients so that you're not
0: so planning is really, out at the last... <laughs> yeah, planning <laughs> and planning even for shopping. That's, if you don't have that, you will most likely not experience the least amount of stress
1: yeah and then and then you do the math of the timing, so you know the turkey's gonna take three hours but i th- I think the biggest challenge I have found, and um my daughter has found as well because she lives in New York City and has a super tiny kitchen, but mm-hmm. she hosted Thanksgiving last year, is um managing the oven space <laughs> so and sometimes what she'll do is cook things like stuffing or the casserole dishes. A day or two ahead, and then just put in it, put it in at the end to um, heat it up uh-huh. quickly.
0: So, so you're saying the the what is it staging or the 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 frequency of when you cook what is right. is what makes it stressful if you don't do that at the end.
1: Yeah, you want to you want to um, basically work backwards. Uh-huh. But the other thing to remember is that the holidays are not about. Um, having everything be perfect. Yeah,
0: or you slaving yourself to death. right?
1: Or you, yeah, and then, you know, becoming like the martyr, the mother martyr in the kitchen, yeah. you know, <laughs> or, the, or the father martyr. It's really about um, being grateful and sharing, you know, time with family. So get people involved and have them bring um, bring dishes and, and um, work together in the kitchen. And, um, you know, also a big fan of putting out a big plate of, cheeses and crackers, which I also did a recipe on how to make crackers from scratch, um, and fruit and veg- cut up vegetables so that people aren't getting yeah. cranky Anty. and hangry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if things so get a true. little off schedule. <laughs> That's And then if they do, you know, you just laugh. Sure, I'm a big fan <laughs> of just like admitting that things are messed up and laugh about
0: it well even in that um, you're reminding us that what it's about right the idea that uh, the woman in the house will cook for three days and then when everyone has eaten she's the first to do dishes that is so passe what wh- mm-hmm. wherever we went there uh, let's just reverse it let's make it a community experience again um, yeah. it is about relational interactions not transactional interactions and
1: I think, you know the, the business efficiency. Part of me does this little equation of like, okay, how much effort am I putting into this? How long will it take to eat it? And is it (laughs) worth it? So four days to
0: 20 minutes, doesn't (laughs) it?
1: So that's another benefit of keeping things simple is, you know, you're creating like a beautiful, delicious meal without feeling like you put more effort into it than it's worth in the time it
0: takes people to eat it. Sure. Great. Um, well, we're almost out of time, and I'm speaking with Maria Rodale, the author of Scratch, a great book, reminding us of what is actually important. Home cooking for everyone made simple, fun, and totally delicious. That's scratchcookbook.com. Maria, I, w- I have two questions for you. One is, of course, we can't let you go before you share a simple favorite dessert um, <laughs> recipe with us. Um, do you want to? Do you want to... Give us your thoughts there.
1: Sure. Um, I think my favorite of all is um, the heirloom uh, molasses cake, and hmm. it's a very—I don't know if you're familiar with shoe fly pie. No. Um, but um, it's kind of a you know molasses gingery spice cake that's super hmm. simple with like crumbs on the top, you know that, nice. and it's so easy. And what I love about it is um, I found the recipe for it and like a. A sticky old recipe card in the back of my mother's closet when we were cleaning out her house, and it had you know things like use a spoonful of butter. Well, you know what size spoon? I don't know. <laughs> so, um, so I had to go back and recreate it. And I know it's a very old recipe. And when I taste it, it just tastes like love and family, and, and it's, Grandmother, not mother, yeah. it's not too sweet. It's not too sweet. Molasses <laughs> is super good for you, and I love it. Oh, that's so. great.
0: Thank you. And, um, of course, the last question, Are you? Uh, what's your message with the book, and are you going on book tour? Where can people experience you in, in person?
1: Well, um, I, I don't have any specific tour plan, but if people want me to come and, and uh, speak or sign books or, or visit, they should contact me through, um, through Rodel Inc., and the message of the book is Anyone can cook. Don't be afraid. Cooking from scratch is delicious and affordable and fun. And um, I just want people to focus on the importance of um, cooking their own food and spending time together in the kitchen and nourishing themselves and their families, not just with food, but with the whole experience of feeding the whole family.
0: Including oneself. Yes, especially (laughs) oneself. (laughs) Especially. Thank you so much, Maria. Thanks for making the time, and happy holidays to you.
1: Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. (laughs) Take good care. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Bye.
0: That is Maria Rodale, one of the absolute leaders of the local and organic food movement who's all about inclusion and um, who joined us in this hour of an organic conversation on home cooking for everyone, simple, fun, and totally delicious. That's also the theme of her new cookbook, Scratch. That's scratchcookbook.com. She joined us today from Pennsylvania. And, of course, Maria Rodale is the CEO and chairman of Rodale Inc. Uh, That's rodaleinc.com. And also the founder of the blog Maria's Farm Country Kitchen that's Rodale's organic life.com forward slash by Maria. We're staying with the topic of food, in this case, before it is cooked, actually, the moment it is harvested and the moment you find it in the store. The update from the world of healthy produce here is what's in season. And with us now is the voice of the San Francisco Produce Market, Mr. Earl Herrick, the owner and founder of Earl's Organic. Earl, are you there?
2: Hello, Helga.
0: Ho, can, ho, ho, ho! I'd can say.
2: Feel it. <laughs> well, that might be a little premature, yeah, but definitely... Uh, totally. uh,
0: uh, gobble, gobble, gobble. <laughs> <laughs> gobble, gobble. Yes. Uh, we just had a great interview with Maria Rodale on her new book, Scratch Cooking, really with with the most basic ingredients and making it really simple and delicious. And it's such a good segue to uh, what's in season, of course, the holidays are upon us at this point, and you better start planning uh, with Thanksgiving coming up in just a couple of weeks. Um yeah. what is happening on the produce stock in that regard with that angle particularly
2: Yeah well you know this time of year is is you know when 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 I, business is about relationships and anticipation right and in this time of year if you're not anticipating the the, the <laughs> amount of product that's going to be demanded in the and the shopping
0: you'll be so because, behind yeah. oh yeah
2: there's no way to recover yeah. um and all the retailers know this and and they start as we so a wholesaler Generally, is about a week or so of, uh, ahead of a of a retailer. So we've been we've been stocking up on all the what we consider hardware, and that's all the potatoes and winter squash and onions. So we've been stockpiling mm-hmm. those items <laughs> because you know we can get them out of the way, we can finish that and have them there, and then sure. we can we can put our focus on beans. and
0: on mushrooms. The, on the software,
2: exactly, and and that's really what's going on when when you think of Thanksgiving. The the very basics are, are incredibly simple, uh-huh. really. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I don't get into a big deal. It's, it's I, I do eat turkey, and it's a, it's a, a very you know simple thing. And then it's it's yams, potatoes, and and beans, and a cranberry sauce, and make sure you got some onions and and some mushrooms around. Uh-huh. Um, and those are the real staple items. And what's wonderful is there. I, they're all, almost always in abundance as long as you plan it appropriately. If you wait till, uh, Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday to buy you know, your mushrooms and your beans, you're probably going to miss out. Uh-huh. So I recommend the Monday before Thanksgiving you want to get your most tender stuff. That would be your mushrooms and your beans because those are a high commodity, high, a high desirable item that can be limited in supply. And,
0: and you can cook those, you know, the next day or the day after, and you're still a day ahead of Thanksgiving, and you can just warm the, the dish up. That's what Maria Rodale recommended. Okay. Uh, so, you you know, you don't have, even if you buy them five days prior, you're not going to wait for Thanksgiving morning to necessarily cook them. You don't have to. Well, if not only
2: that, but, you know, three or four days in your refrigerator certainly are... Not are, a problem. Yeah, or not a problem. As long as you're buying them fresh. Uh-huh. And and, that, and I, this year, I think we're in a real good place. And I'm, I'm thinking beans mostly because beans are one of those items mm-hmm. that they, it can be a, yeah. a feast or famine. Um, and this year, we're going to have Mexican beans, which we almost always have. And they're a super high quality from a grower uh, named Covilli. He's has uh, oh, yeah. been with, with these people for, for years, and we're going down and visit them again this year. And they have, and So there's going to be a huge Mexican crop of lots of different beds this year. There's more acreage allotted to organic pro, uh, programs every year, and this year is, is the most ever, so there will be uh, as the winter goes on, I'm kind of a little sidebar to Thanksgiving, as, as the winter goes on you're going to find some very reasonable prices unless uh, some weather hits and knocks out some crops. But otherwise, good supply of product this winter. But to go back to the mainstays of, of thanksgiving of course we want to talk about yams and potatoes too those are some of the things that some people may only eat yams this is the only time of year they do it though i recommend it. it's wonderful food for you
0: and you're right it's a mindset right i mean there's no reason often yeah. people want to plan for thanksgiving the week off and that's then then that's when they buy their yams but there's no reason to not buy yams potatoes and maybe even Cranberries and definitely oh. winter squash now, right?
2: Absolutely, and and those are wonderful items throughout the winter. Yeah. those are hearty basic foods that
0: have them around always, right? If you need uh, to yeah, throw in a yam in the oven for half an hour, forty-five minutes, well, that's know, it, that's a little meal.
2: Yeah, and historically, you know, that's what you would keep in your in your root cellar, mm-hmm. well, and because they they're hearty and they'll and they'll hold and they, and it still holds true now. They impart what we need that hearty food for the. For, you know, out in California, we don't have to fight the elements much, but through much, much of the, sure. the country, you know, you have that hearty food. There's wonderful varieties of, of winter squash around that can be used in so many different ways. You know, the classic ones are acorn and butternut, buttercup, delicata. Uh, some of these I've, I've used in the past, making pies. I love the butternut mm. and the delicata nice. for pie making, that sweet potato pie.
0: And especially um, with winter squash, we are talking four months storage, no problem, right? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. It, with that, the right humidity and, and about 50 degrees, yeah, they, they're, they're, they're rock hardy. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, they're, and again, they're wonderful, colorful pieces that adorn your table, even outside of being used. I mean, blues and grays and wonderful yellows and golds. It's really beautiful
0: stuff. Quick question about mushrooms. I'm I'm a mushroom lover. There's maitake and shiitake and, of course, portobello and oyster mushrooms. And most of them are, even organically, are not harvested wild. They are still farmed. Uh, Now with the rain, does that have any effect on more production or less production? Or is is mushrooms just at this point so figured out that it's steady? And yes, for Thanksgiving, you want to get them early so that they don't sell out. But
2: yeah you know they're 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 very hardy they're in terms of their production it's all inside i mean i don't know about 100% inside but the ones we deal with are, are inside and they're they are um, uh protected from from the weather uh-huh. uh, you know portobellos cremini's and whites those yeah. are real real popular ones for the stuffing yeah. just as uh as side as cream so just hardy. get them early
0: enough so they don't sell out but prices yeah, so all many- that
2: well, so many people want them. Uh-huh. I, mean, I mean, this is the time of year where people come in and buy pounds, yep. really absolutely pounds of <laughs> mushrooms, and whereas, whereas any other time you're buying maybe a half a dozen pieces of mushrooms. Yep. Now they're buying pounds for their recipes, and it becomes pretty outrageous. Uh, so yeah, that's one item you definitely want to keep early. And the way I store them, which helps, I, I take them out of the paper bag and I put them in, in little uh, plastic containers, little tubs, with a... With a, a paper towel on the bottom, which absorbs any moisture, mm-hmm. and they keep fine for a week, easy. Oh, nice. Okay. So you know that's there's a little tip. There and the paper bag
0: would dry them out, or why? Paper you, bag will yeah. dry
2: them out. Now that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that they're dry. Oh. And then if you put them in plastic, they will get slimy on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think put a, a little paper towel on the bottom of, of a little uh, plastic uh, Tupperware, if you will, and you know, in a week they're they're just like brand new. The, let's see, what other items? Cranberries, of course, yeah, the, that's the mainstay. Um,
0: but how do you deal with them? Do you buy them yeah. in like a jar ready or just loose?
2: Well, you, know, you certainly can buy them in a jar already already done, but I like to buy them loose. Uh, they, they're grown in Canada, Massachusetts, Wisconsin, even, even uh, Oregon. We're getting ours from Canada this year.
0: And you cook them um, down yourself?
2: Yeah, and it takes just a little bit of water, a little bit of like a little a little lemon, a little sugar, and they cook right down. Uh-huh. They can also be froze, frozen, and they will last for, really, over a year frozen. But fresh, you want to look for solid pieces if you're able to buy them loose or sometimes you can buy them in, in, in a plastic bag and sometimes they come in a clam shell. But they should be good high color, uh, firm, but it's hard to find every single berry to be firm uh, because they're almost all harvested at a certain time, at a certain time, mm-hmm. and then shipped. So there's going to be a, a little bit of attrition there. Sure. But you know, they don't they don't ruin. There's no collateral damage, if you will. Right. But before you want to rinse them before you cook them and just take out the bad, uh, the the cracked ones or the ones that are no longer whole. And you may lose a couple, but it, you know, it, it's great for the bargain that it is. Nice. Uh, they. Um, they're, the, the interesting thing about them is how they're harvested. They're either harvested dry or they're harvested wet. So they're grown in a field, and if they're wet harvested, the field is flooded. Then they take a machine and they and the machine... Skim kind of,
0: skim the surface, right? Yeah. Basically.
2: Yeah. Now, those, the wet harvested ones, generally we don't see. Those are generally gone right to processing. Mm-hmm. And cranberries are used in so many things nowadays because the wet harvest, they don't hold up quite as well. Right. So the ones we generally see are dry harvested, where you go in and pick them. They're a little more labor-intensive, but you get better quality berry, and it's really what you want as, as, you know, they're generally a couple weeks old by the time you get them, which does not mean they're not fresh. Just that's the nature of harvesting.
0: Nice. Cool. Wow, that gets me in such Thanksgiving mode. It is really (laughs) one of my favorite holidays of the year. It's all about food. If you do it right, if it's really about community and Mm. You know, sharing food and not stressing out and planning ahead, as you said, um, yeah. yams, potatoes, winter squash, and,
2: and, and onions. And enjoy, yeah, I'm sorry. Enjoy the time. Yeah, that, that you have. You know, in in chopping and cooking. I mean, the whole the journey is, is is so enjoyable, and then you have that wonderful banquet at the end of it. And the leftovers
0: oh. for days to come.
2: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's a great time. You know, to celebrate relationship and bounty, and and be with your loved
0: ones. Nice. Well, thanks for making time. I know this is you're always busy, but this is really prime time, right? You yeah, guys yeah, must be like moving massive amounts of organic food, all yeah, from it, from local farms. So this is important for farmers right now. This is important for for your business and for us, uh, you know, who eat organic, to to just honor the all year efforts of the farmer. Uh, yep. If you can eat organic right now, um, that's what you're what you're getting. Uh, yes. So thanks for that, and thanks for making time for us.
2: Hey uh, Helga, it's always my pleasure, and and um, I've you know, kind of created quite an appetite here. Tonight. Yeah, me too. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving.
0: Thanks. <laughs> thanks if we so can, much. we'll have you back next week. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, talk soon. Thanks, Earl. Thank okay.
2: Bye. I know.
0: Wow, that's a packed hour, all about food. Maria Rodale about her new book, Scratch, a new cookbook, Home Cooking for Everyone, Made Simple, Fun, and Totally Delicious. Again, the website is scratchcookbook.com. And what's in season, healthy produce, eat organic when you can. Happy holidays here from An Organic Conversation. I'm Helge Hellberg, and we'll be back with another episode next week. Take good care. An organic Conversation is a proud production of the Organic Media Network. Associate Producer, Kristen Ponger. The show is made possible through the fantastic support of our underwriters. Bowman College, a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Become a nutrition consultant or a natural chef at one of their campuses or learn from home in a self-paced mentored distance learning program. For more information on a degree in holistic nutrition or the culinary arts, bowmancollege.org. Thank you also to Earls Organic Produce, a national distributor of organic fruits and vegetables that has been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. From grocery store to company cafeteria to caterers and personal chefs, anyone can buy from Earls Organic. Certified Organic Produce at Earls Organic. Com. And Fry Vineyards, America's first organic winery, family owned and operated. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Award winning wines at FryWine.com. That's F R E Y W I N E.com. For more episodes and our podcasts, go to anorganicconversation.com. And of course, you can follow us on facebook.com forward slash anorganic conversation. Our Twitter handle is Talk Organic, and we're also on Instagram. I am Helge Helberg, host and executive producer of an organic conversation. And we'll be back with another episode next week. Thank you so much for listening.